This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, my fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I am joined now with Joseph Parker. Joseph, do you like to be called Joe or Joseph? Because I, I think I call you both. Um, I don't mind. I mean, I answer to both, Joe, Joseph. <laughs> Maybe, listen, Bob, whatever you want, (laughs) you can say. (laughs) All right, because you know, some people, they're a little funny about things like that. So I was like, when when we're texting, I was like, should I call him Joe or Joseph? Like, what's the proper way of doing this? (laughs) I know, you're right. There's some people are funny, like, you have to, you know, you have to say their name right. Otherwise, you're like, why, you know, but I'm I'm fine with anything. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's good to see you. It's been a while since we last did an interview. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, here in New Zealand at the moment, I'm, I'm in a full camp leading into a fight uh, end of February, February 27 or yep. junior far. Uh, the good thing about New Zealand is that we're pretty blessed to be able to still move around, you know, go to community things, have events, have people participating in events. And so we're pretty blessed here that, um, you know, with the fight coming up that we can have a big crowd. Oh, so good. I'm looking forward to fighting. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, like how many, how many fans are, are allowed to attend? Uh, with the stadium that we're fighting at, I think there would be about 10,000. Okay. So it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I haven't fought in New Zealand for a while, so it's, it's going to be exciting to be fighting in front of friends and family and supporters. And hopefully Junior and myself come together to put on a great event, you know, with mm-hmm. the undercard as well. Tell me what that's like for you. Do you find that it's easier for you to fight away from home or to, or more challenging to fight at home because of, you know, usually there's the added pressure from the family and friends as well as the media. So which one, which one would you say is, is like the easier? I, I think easier would be fighting away from New Zealand. I mean, because in New Zealand, like you mentioned, there's the pressure of family and friends. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, you have to, um, there's a long list of tickets that you have to give out <laughs> to people. Um, there's a lot more commitment to sponsors and, you know, just mm-hmm. a few th- appearances mm-hmm. here and there. So fighting overseas is a bit more, I think, easier because you show up, you know, you do your, your interviews and then you fight. Whereas here, there's a yeah. lot of things that, that, that sort of are involved. Do you find that people, like you just get random text messages from people you haven't heard of forever? Do you find them hitting you up now that you're fighting at home? <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of friends and family. There's a lot of people that I haven't heard from. And there's a lot of people that I hear from a lot. So, I mean, everyone just wants to go and, and watch a, a good fight. 
Yeah. And I guess I don't blame them. I mean, if I do have tickets, if I have enough, then I will give it out. But if yeah. I do run out, then sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a, a minor setback between uh, you and Junior Fall. You were supposed to fight uh, how many months ago? It was... December, December yeah. the 10th. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember it was just before the start of the new year. So um, uh, there was a surgery that took place of some sort. Do we even know specifically what what had happened to Junior Fall? I wasn't able to... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure on uh, specifics of what he went through in terms of the, the surgery, but I know that he had some health issues that were, you know, his health wasn't 100%. And yeah. he wasn't, you know, training 100%. And it means he wasn't sparring or feeling 100%. So they, they you know, they, they, they pulled out of the fight to, to yeah. get that sorted, but we're still not sure what it is. Oh. And then when they did that, I, I, you know, I took the time to go and get my elbows done. Because I've had ongoing issues with bone chips and inflammation, mm. and you know, so I got that done during the Christmas period, which mm -hmm. is uh, now I'm feeling a lot better now. Oh, good! So it was like a blessing in disguise, really. I think it was. You know, if it was, I was still going to fight with, you know, feeling, you know, almost yeah. uh, swollen and inflamed, and I was still going to fight and go ahead. But it was a blessing in disguise where mm -hmm. you know they pulled out of the fight and it gave me the chance to get it sorted. Right. All right, let's talk a bit about the history between the two of you, both from around the same area, right? Yeah, I, listen, I don't know where he lives, but I hear that he's probably 10, 15 minutes away from where I am. So okay. we're pretty much in the same similar close neighborhood. Uh-huh. Who do you reckon is going to get the most cheers on fight night? <laughs> um, I would say I, I hope it's me, but there's going to be a big <laughs> split because he has a lot of supporters here. Uh -huh. I have a lot of supporters as well, so it's um, it's going to be a split. You know, the crowd's going to be cheering a lot for him, a lot for me. It'll be good. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see. Um, so it must be exciting for you, first and foremost, to be able to sort of make the home return, uh, especially during this time. I mean, again, talk about blessings and disguises. Uh, I, I would imagine that you would find yourself normally fighting overseas as opposed yeah. to to being home and giving your your um, home fight fans a, a good show. Tell me a bit about what you're expecting against your fight with Junior Fall because he's coming out with some swinging words, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, what do you call it? So, I mean, if it wasn't for the, the lockdown and the pandemic and, and things that are causing you know, flights and other countries to be on lockdown, I'm not sure this fight would have happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's, it's one of those fights where because we're both in New Zealand, we're both ranked in the top 10, and he's been calling me out for a long time. I guess right. this is the right time to do it now. Mm -hmm. He's been coming out and saying that he can, he'll box my brains out, and then mm -hmm. if he hurts me, he'll knock me out, this and that. Um, it's all good to say that outside the ring, but when you're in the ring, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's, and he's getting a lot of confidence from the fights we had back in the amateur days. It's, it's two apiece, where he's won two fights, I've won two fights. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where a lot of his confidence is coming from. You know, you know just picturing what we did back in the days but right now it's totally different training back home did you find it challenging to sort of find the right sort of sparring uh that you needed given that you both were are from the same area oh yeah i mean <laughs> vegas is the place to spar yeah. and and have training camp because a lot of fighters come to train in vegas and a lot yeah. of coaches are there one thing though that i'm pretty fortunate that is i found some good sparring partners here i got uh, a guy named david naika uh -huh. David Nika, who's uh, who's probably the best amateur on this side of the world. You know, I think he's qualified for the Olympics, and that's what his goals. Mm -hmm. But he's 
having his first professional fight on our undercard. Okay. And then I'm, I'm sparring another guy named Maddie, who's another top amateur. But these guys just, you know, they give it everything. They come forward, mm -hmm. they throw punches. They, they get tagged with a few, but they keep coming forward. So mm -hmm. my work here is pretty good, and I'm pretty fortunate. So Junior Fah has obviously made uh, a, a statement in, into what we should anticipate or expect on fight night. What, what would you like to say? About him? About, about the Junior fight? Fah? Yeah, about the fight. I mean, he's making a statement. He's basically saying that, you know, he's going to box you around. And do you see it going yeah. the distance? Um, I, I train for the distance. I train to be fit for 12 rounds. But um, my goal for this fight is to go in there and have fun. Because I know when I have fun and let my hands go, that I can do a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. And in, in the past, I have been a bit more cautious and, you know, winning a lot of fights on points, but that's not exciting. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know what I can do when I throw my combinations and I want to get him out of there. That's the goal. Right. <laughs> you ain't getting paid for overtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that this fight is the, the, the uh, sort of the, the gateway to what can possibly come should you be successful on February 27th. We know that Derek Chisora has been um, mentioning what? your name. Yeah. <laughs> um, we know that that fight was a fight that should have happened a while back. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But now we're seeing the landscape for what could possibly uh, come to fruition should you get past Junior Fah. Now, yeah. What did you make? I'm going to read to you what he said, okay? Yeah. I'm sure you've already heard it, but I don't like to butcher stuff. So I like to... <laughs> um, he said about you... Sorry, supposed to be right there. I wonder what he said. <laughs> he just said, um, I signed the fight, flew to his camp in LA to film only for him to chicken out and claim a spider bite was the reason he couldn't step in the ring with me. The truth is, when he sat across the table looking in my eyes, reality hit. He wasn't ready for the war that I bring. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was excellent coming from him. That was good. Um, <laughs> the fight was, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's a lot that's been said of, of why I pulled out of the fight. And basically, the you know, there was the doctor's decision. Of, you know, my health wasn't uh, 100%, so the yeah. doctor pulled me out of the fight. But it was one of those fights where <clears throat> I wanted to postpone it um, because it was already locked in. And he, obviously, he spent a lot of money in training camp and sparring partners that he had to fight on that day. Mm -hmm. So even though I wanted to push it out, he wasn't willing to. And I guess now that I have Junior Far in front of me, I have to take care of him first before mm -hmm. I even look at him. So, but... That's a fight that I've always wanted for a while. And I know that he's coming off, you know, some wins and some losses. But it's always, I think it's a fight that was always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Two other people that you've said that were sort of, what would be the word? Someone that you had your eyes set on would be, as well as, is Alexander Usyk and Joe Joyce. Now, we know that they're going to be facing each other for the interim title for your former title. Um, tell me what you think about that fight. And I also want to know what you thought of Derek Chisora versus Alexander Usyk. Yeah, I think with, with the Derek Chisora and Usyk, that was a good fight. Um, that was sort of like a, <clears throat> a fight where we had to see how Usyk really you know, faces against a proper heavyweight. 
and yes, for Chisora, his fitness was good. Um, mm-hmm. I know he got, got tagged a few times, but he was he was game, and mm-hmm. he came in for war. But you know, Yusek uh, just you know, boxed real smart. I think with the fight with Yusek and Joe Joyce, I mean, it's uh, you, you got the fighter or you got the boxer, then you got Joe Joyce who just came off a good win. You know, and he he looked pretty, he looked really good mm-hmm. in his performance. No one thought he was going to win. So, no one thought he was going to win, but he boxed but he, really well. Mm-hmm. He used his jab, and he um, you know, and then he he sort of weathered the storm in the beginning, and then came back, and you know, with his experience, he was able to get the win. Right. So it's an, for me, it's an interesting fight. Uh, Yusek and Joe Joyce. Uh, you know, it's do you two have different someone, styles. Do you have someone that you would lean towards? Like you would favor it just a little bit over the other, because I know, you know, obviously Alexander Usyk is, you know, in, in, in many cases, like he's just a superior boxer, isn't he? He just really has all the tools to, um, to dominate. Yeah. And, yeah. Except that you, once you get to the heavyweight scene, as everyone's saying, it's just that the guys just might be just a tad too big for him. So we saw that he wasn't able to stop Derek Chisora, which I think ultimately sort of set the tone for what a lot of critics had to say about his performance. They're like, well, look, if he couldn't knock him out or if he couldn't do any damage, he's not going to stand a chance against the bigger boys, right? So then there's that argument. But then you look at Joe Joyce, and then everyone wrote him off. Like I was even yeah. saying, I did, I did like numerous polls that week. And absolutely, I, I want to say like it was like a 70-30 in terms of what people thought that that Dubois was going to win. So, again, we saw that, you know, Joe Joyce is or was better than what people were giving him credit, you know, for. Because Daniel Dubois was highly rated or highly ranked at that point amongst a lot of people. So, when you take the two two into consideration, is there anyone in particular that you would favor it more? You know, my when I look at it, I feel like, because Yusek's got his boxing, you know, ability and he can punch and move and, you know, and he caught Chisora a few times, I lean towards that way, but then you just can't count Joe Joyce off, you know, with the performance that he put on, with the dedication that he has, and he's driven to be world champion. And it's just, uh, you know, it's very interesting, these styles, yeah. these styles of fights. I know, and then a lot of people want to go back to the World Series of Boxing, but that was a completely different time, you know what I mean? Like, both of them have gotten so much better over the years that it's really oh, yeah. hard to say like that's what's getting you know it's it's going to be a 2.0 of that of that performance you can't really sort of go back to the amateur days or world series boxing and say okay this is how they were okay that's how they're going to be mm-hmm. a lot has changed since then you know both guys have improved dramatically they've had a lot of fights and gained way more experience mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of who's going to probably implement the game plan more or catches someone mm-hmm. clean exactly so if you had it your way, who would you of the three want to face next? Would you want it to be the winner of Usyk versus Joyce? I mean, we know that the winner becomes mandatory at that point to whomever becomes, you know, the undisputed yeah. champion. I wouldn't mind. I, I just want to fight anyone who's in the way of getting back to being champion of the world. And if that's, I mean, if that's the winner of those guys, I'll take it in a heartbeat. I'll take it with both hands. If it's Shasura, I'll take it with both hands. But first, I mean, I can't really lose focus because there's one guy in front of me. Yeah. And a lot of people are talking about, oh, what about this fight? What about this fight? But then if I don't get past Junior Far, you know. You know, you know what? We're, us media, we're guilty of that. But we love a good matchup. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, oh, yeah. what about this? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I can't wait to fight all those guys. Uh-huh. But um, I have to put on a good performance and be dominant and show that I can be 
Yeah. You know, a, a sort of a, a person in the division that can cause a lot of upsets or trouble or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get back to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just speaking with Spencer Fearon earlier today and I asked him about the possible fight between you and Derek Chisora. And he, he you know, he's, he's a, a friend of both of yours, but he definitely gave you the edge on, um, on that win. I think maybe it's youth or maybe it's speed or movement, but like I said, Chisora is one of those fighters who just comes for war. And mm-hmm. every time he comes into fight, he throws so many punches, chases you down, wears you out. Mm-hmm. And he's put, you know, he's come off some, I said, great wins and also a few losses, but mm-hmm. he's still in there. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that ultimately the road, all roads lead to undisputed. Uh, everyone's going to want a piece of whomever the winner is. <laughs> um, is there anyone in particular that you're, you're either rooting for or that you, you believe has the edge over the other? For the... You know, I'm sorry, between Joshua and Fury? And I, I, yeah, listen, both guys are great champions. I fought one guy mm-hmm. and he, you know, he got the better of me. And he, you know, he became undisputed. Um, but I, I sort of lean towards Fury more. And I think I've, I've said that from the start. I just, I like the way that he fights and moves. And we saw from his last fight that if he wants to fight you, he'll come forward and fight you. So I think he can fight going backwards, fight going forward, forwards. But then again, we're not sure what Joshua does. So it's all very interesting because everyone has different opinions. And I, we think he's going to win, he's going to win. But mm-hmm. ultimately, when we come together, that's when we're going to find out what's going to happen. What did you make of Joshua's performance against uh, Kubrat Pulev? I found that he, he I, I think the old Joshua would have got him out of there faster. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, but I think he's, he's in a, you know, he's a lot more cautious now not to, you know, if you're going to hurt someone, what are they going to do? They're going to try to come back and, and hurt you. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot more cautious, but he did what he had to do to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And he looked good doing it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because you, you, I like to ask this question because, um, do you feel that going in the fight, this is between Tyson and, and Joshua, do you feel that Tyson should come in as the way that he came in against Wilder in the first fight? Or do you think he should come in the way that he came in on the, on the second fight? Because it's two completely different approaches. Oh, two. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he should come in um, if it was, you know, me being part of the team and advising. I think the second one was a lot more... I don't know, just his aggression, you know, the way that he chased him down. And, mm-hmm. you know, he said that he was going to do that, but no one believed him. And yeah. I guess with, you know, he backed himself to, to put, you know, Wilder on the back foot. But then again, we're not sure if Joshua's going to move like that or if he's going to come forward and they're going to clash. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those fights where please make it happen because everyone wants to see. Mm-hmm. When a fighter experiences their first loss, like you mentioned the word cautious with Joshua. Um, is it safe to say that that's the approach made once someone has experienced a loss? Like there's always an element of what if the fear sort of knowing um, what can happen if, if they fight a certain way or yeah. with a certain aggression, like you're saying, you know, a lot, I was, I was impressed with Joshua's performance because number one, I thought his footwork got, has improved and his, and his head movement improved. Um, yeah. But he, there were moments where you could see, you could sense that he's, he's feeling him out because he knows that, you know, everyone was talking about Pulev has power, Pulev has power. Do you think that comes from a, a, and I don't mean this disrespectfully by any means necessary, but do you feel like it comes from an element of fear from experiencing like a, a loss the way that he has? I think so. I think, I think every fighter who's experienced a loss has that little fear of what about if it happens again? 
and then instead of being the fighter that just goes in there and demolishes and smashes them you're just a bit a little bit more wary of you know what's in front of you and what can happen mm -hmm. even it doesn't mean that you don't back yourself 100 percent, but there's always that little what if what if this mm -hmm. happens again mm -hmm. <clears throat> do you think that's what gives uh fury even more of an edge going into this because he hasn't he's been knocked down but he's never been knocked out i think it gives him a little edge mm -hmm. you know but then again both guys the, the, the boxing you know you have to be mentally strong to even get into the ring you know, and a lot of people you know a lot of people can say oh you know we can go into the ring and have a fight but you know when you get closer to the ring a lot of corporates or people that experience it are like man it's so draining mentally yeah yeah absolutely but these you know these fighters are strong mentally any fighter that gets in the ring is strong mentally you know mm -hmm. you have to have got to get in there there's been a lot of talk as well um in regards to comments made that that wilder had made mm -hmm. in regards to uh, mark breland mark breland just did an interview i don't know if you saw that with uh, Spencer Fearon and Tunde, he, I think he said a lot more than we anticipated he would. I think it just sort of, sort of came out of him. He was a bit frustrated with the accusations made. Um, Wilder basically came back out and said some more about him. What do you make of the whole situation? I know that Mark Breland mentions that, you know, uh, Wilder didn't, doesn't know how to take a loss. Uh, you know, Breland would be a person who's been in the camp for a long time. So he would, understand Wilder and know, know Wilder, you know, probably better than a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, with Wilder, you know, there are the things that he said after a fight, maybe it was this, maybe it was this, but I guess it's just a loss is a loss, you know. Um, yeah. and it, it would have probably been a lot easier just to accept it, come back stronger mm -hmm. and do, you know, do better. But people uh, approach, you know, people's approaches are different mm -hmm. you know, to taking a loss. Some people can accept it, some people can't. And it's just, uh, it's quite sad, you know, because they were very tight. They were, they were a great team and now they're sort of split up. So, yeah. It's These sort of like a long-term relationship. You know, people have been yeah. together for so long and then are from the start, then, really. And then, yeah, they have a messy falling out. So it's then, very unfortunate to watch. It's unfortunate and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully both guys go on with their lives and be happy. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Well, there's talks that Deontay Wilder might be coming back against Charles Martin, the former IBF champion. Um, but then there's also mention that he should fight the winner of Povetkin versus White. Uh, good fight, regardless of who wins. Um, Two-part question, who wins that fight for you? And depending on the winner, who wins the fight against Wilder? <laughs> Is this the Povetkin one? Yes. I, uh, I, I I lean towards, I know Pavekin called him with a good shot, but but White was, you know, leading the fight and he was, you know, he was doing real well before he got caught. So I, I, I see him winning the rematch. Okay. And then with the Wilder and White fight, I'm not sure, probably, you know, Wilder's just, you know, even though he lost a few, a lot of people are saying, okay, he's done, he's gone, but he's always got that big right hand. Yeah. He's always, he always comes in game and just because he's lost to someone like Fury who's six foot nine, He's not even like a normal fighter. No, us normal <laughs> fighters are quite short. You know, it's, um, he's still got a lot to give. You, you did not just call yourself short, quite short. What are you, 6'5"? Six, 6'4"? Six, four? Six, four? You know, oh, there's okay. Joshua, there's Walla, there's Fury, there's, you know, Yoko. Yeah, but you're still the, above the, average. Huh? You said, you know, we're relatively small. Like, you acted like you said it as if you're like five foot eight. <laughs> 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 you're still above average, okay? You're still yeah, well, uh, yeah. yourself. I'm still a bit 
Jonathan Ruiz. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know what? I, I have to applaud you for all the videos that you've done over the period of the lockdown. Do you um, know what a goal of mine is? A goal of mine would be to be in one of your videos one day. Is it? Yes. Okay. They're so cool. Uh, it's like being in a mini movie. <laughs> well, yeah, thinking, I mean, all of that was just to have fun. What else are you going to do on the lockdown? Yeah. And then, uh, um, it just, it was fun. It took up some time, but also it was good learning, you know, and I give a lot of respect. What I did was tiny compared to what people do in movies and directors <laughs> and actors and all that. I just was a tiny little piece of uh, experience for me. And it was fun though. It looks fun. Especially the good. way your friend does all the graphics and stuff. I'm like, how do you guys do that? That's so cool. I did it all myself. No, you didn't. Nah, nah. <laughs> I was like, last time you told me that he was doing the editing. Nah, my friend is the, <laughs> he's probably the most talented person I've worked with. And mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate to have him. Kerry Russell is the man. Question for you. Are you into um, conspiracy theories? Um, do, believe, do you believe in like, ufos and just like real not so much no i know there's a lot of people out there and probably some of my friends do and some of my family members but myself probably not as much ghosts oh yeah uh, yeah spirits yeah yeah Spirits, yeah. you ever experienced yeah. one you have a ghost story no ghost stories <laughs> but i know a lot of people i know a lot of people in samoa have had a lot of you know, experiences of spirits and yeah yeah okay. some scary stuff yeah, I'm just curious. You know, sometimes you never know. You just never know. I like to talk about those things. I think I'm thinking of starting a podcast where I talk about nothing but like these really random things. Because I went like UFO hunting um, out far, outside of one? Area 51. You find one? Yeah, I'll send you the pictures of what we found. And I have video too. Some really oh, weird okay. shit going on over there. Okay, yeah, please do. Yeah, well, listen, if you can <laughs> send it to me, uh, you might make me a believer. <laughs> Some really, really weird stuff and stuff that we caught on film that we didn't even know we caught until we went back and looked at it. And there was like wow. just stuff. So I'm really big on it. So I just like to ask around because I've I, I even found like Joe Joyce, when I did an interview with him, after we started talking about it, he'll send me stuff now. He's like, have you seen this yet? <laughs> so it's nice to kind of feel out who's who's sort of into that thing or not, because I, I oh, am yeah, looking. I'm, I'm, I'm totally into, I, I yeah, fully, full believe in the UFOs and everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I'll make you a believer. That's the, you're always a good, a good guest to have because there's always like the skeptic, you know? You have to have a skeptic. <laughs> I've done that before one time with one person. He's a press, yeah, a part of the uh, boxing press. Total skeptic, okay? And I showed him some footage that was, I'm at my brother's house right now and it was literally filmed in the kitchen. And there was yeah. some like weird ghost stuff going on that was caught on camera. He believes it? And it was, he, at first he's like, no way, no way. And then I was like, look, here's the footage. Edit it all you want or look into it all you want. Like, you know, you can change like the right. contrast and, and really kind of see if anything's being manipulated or if something's being pulled or whatever. And the very next day he's come back and he goes, Yo, that was a real video. <laughs> was Listen, like, send that to me. I'll like I to know. see something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will. I'm just saying, I'm thinking of doing a podcast where I talk about all this stuff. So it'd be nice to know who I can bring on because not everyone is really into it. They're like, you're weird. 
<laughs> I love it though. It's it's just interesting. It's a little. It's nice to kind of um, be, mix it up. Yeah, mix it up. Change exactly. It up. Exactly. I was going to ask you, do you have, like, what do you do aside from making your really cool videos? Um, what do you do outside of boxing that sort of keeps you balanced? Because, you know, too much of one thing could just be yeah. bad. Yeah, I, um, I have three daughters, so I spend a lot of time with them and my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I like to play instruments, drums, piano, guitar. I like to go fishing, uh, golf. Mm -hmm. I'm not the best at golf. I'm pretty terrible, but uh, it's pretty cool to go out and play. <laughs> and then just uh, some community. There's a lot of community things we can do here, you know, visiting hospitals and schools and giving out lunches and that. So there's a lot of things that keep me sort of sane when I'm, you know, during training camp. Do you find that there's added pressure for you being that, you know, you're like your hometown hero? So that there's, I wouldn't say added pressure. Maybe that's the wrong way of saying it, but do you find that there's that, when there is, no, I guess added pressure is fine yeah. because then you're considered a role model. So there's like, that is added pressure. Yeah. Um, pressure, there's always going to be pressure, you know, with, with a big fight coming up and all mm -hmm. the things that you go through, you know, the training, the media, the appointments, you know, um, events, there's a lot of pressure, but I think pressure is only something that you, if you put on yourself, then it's going to be draining. I mean, if you go throughout, your training camp and just enjoy everything and accept everything and make the most of it mm. i mean pressure is just a little piece of it yeah 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 well before we wrap up i saw this um this meme and it said it doesn't matter how macho or big of a man that you think you are when you have daughters when she when she wants to dress you up and call you a princess and you're a fucking princess do you find <laughs> <laughs> do you find that your daughters do that with you do they try to like Listen. Yeah, come comb my hair, put makeup <laughs> on, and and I don't. I mean, if it was anyone else trying to do it to me, hell no. But your <laughs> girls, you know, daddy comb your hair, do your eyelashes, do this, okay. You know, you look so pretty, daddy. Thank you. They make you. They soften <clears throat> you. They soften you in a good way. Yeah. And you know, I have the best relationship with my daughters, and mm. you know, they're my best friends. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty blessed. Yeah, that's sweet. I know I saw that and I was cracking up and I was like, yeah, I, I feel like every guy does that when they have a daughter. Like they don't care. Listen, They're yeah. not offended at all if they want to dress them up and put makeup on them. Yeah, makeup, dress them up, you dance like a little girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best on February 27th. And let's see what can come after that. It looks like After you have that, we'll, we'll catch up again and then we'll yeah. look through all the options. Yeah, there and we'll you go. Both, we'll both lock in the deal. Okay, yes, absolutely. Well, I look forward to um, seeing what happens next. And again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it very much, as always. And I thank will you. send thank you, you I will send yes. you those pictures. You're going to trip out, I swear to you. Make me a believer. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.